Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. All right. So, previously, I've talked about our family's trip, trip to the Grand Canyon this summer, right? I I talked about how we took about six days and we went out west. Well, the second day that we were there, we went to a place called the West Rim. I don't know if you've ever been before, but we went to the West Rim. And the reason we went there is because in 2007, the local tribe decided to build what they call the Skywalk. Have you ever seen the Skywalk? Show them the picture. Look at that Skywalk right there. Now, you can see the Skywalk or have a vision from the Skywalk in two different ways. You can eat lunch in the restaurant and look out over maybe one of the prettiest lunches you'll ever have, or you can walk out on this glass bottom observatory and you can just see out into the beauty of the Grand Canyon. And when you are out there looking down, you can see in the distance the Colorado River. You can look and see the uniqueness of each part of the canyon, and it is beautiful. But I'll tell you, this view costs you something. And I don't mean the $40 ticket to get in there. It costs you something. See, when I'm standing out on the observatory, I'm completely out of control. It is costing me my faith to walk out on that. Because this skywalk is about 70 feet long. It's about 10 feet wide if you're out on it. And there are eight pillars that are paired into four concrete footings, which are attached to 96 anchors that go 46 feet into the rock. It is said that you can have 100 pounds per square foot on the glass, and it can handle up to 120 people at a time. It should be able to handle an 8.0 magnitude uh, uh, earthquake within 50 miles. The people who built the Skywalk built it on purpose with a design that should last and to work in the way it was created to work. But the question still for me that day was, am I going to trust that the Skywalk is going to work the way they said it's going to work? Because if it doesn't, the results are not gonna be good. Now, I want you to think about that as we continue into our This or That series for this fall, okay? This fall, we're talking about the work of God that he wants to do in our lives. That when we give our life to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus, that what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to come in and do a transformational work in our lives. And this is important to remember, even if I repeat it over and over, that who we are when we accept Christ is not who we're supposed to be forever, right? I tell you all the time that salvation is not the landing spot, it's the launching spot. Salvation is just 
the beginning. So our core text for this fall is Galatians chapter 5. And what Paul is doing, he's talking to a group of churches, not just one, but a group of churches in the region of Galatia. And he's trying to help them understand how life is supposed to be lived when we follow Jesus. So he writes this letter. And this letter is taken all over the region. It is preached to the churches. And he is doing this because he wants to encourage them to follow Jesus and what he's come to do. Because Galatians 5 is a reminder to those churches that in Jesus you are brought freedom from your old way of living. You're brought freedom from your past mistakes, from your bondage, from your sins. This is what Jesus came to do. And since he has come and done this, then now we live life differently. This is Paul's message to the church. We have to decide how we're going to live. And this is where it becomes this or that. We live in the flesh or we live in the spirit. And so just in case you're joining us for the first time today, because you've come for child dedications or you're watching online, this is what we've been doing and we'll continue for the next few weeks is we're going to look at life. We're going to look at the picture of life, of what it looks like when the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in us. And the reason we're calling it this or that is because life is filled with choices. Life is filled with decisions every single day. Either we're going to allow God to do the work or we are going to do the work ourselves. And so this is the series, this or that. And so we're going to move on to the next this or that today. But, but before we do that, you know what we have to do is we have to have a little fun together of playing the this or that game maybe you see online. But I want to give you insight to behind the scenes of Pastor Scott's life. When we do the this or that here, what happens is we raise our hands, we, we have fun, we laugh a little bit and whatever, and you guys move on, right? I never just move on. I get texts all week long. And this week, I thought I crossed a boundary because I thought I caused a family to get divorced, all right? You know, last week I brought up the toilet paper, right? And I brought the toilet paper of how do we present toilet paper? It's this or that. Is it over or is it it doesn't matter, right? I get a text that night. Scott, my husband, who never had an opinion about toilet paper, now all of a sudden has an opinion about toilet paper. And what he has done is he's gone around our house and changed each toilet paper roll to the now opinion that he has, which left the wife texting me saying, Scott, we may be at your office this week for some counseling. And in this, I'm reminded y'all are intense, and I think I love it, all right? So let's quickly, let's do our three this or that's. If you're new, we just raise our hands. You got to pick one another. It's a choice. And this is just to reinforce life is filled with choices. Okay, you're going on a trip. Some people love the destination. Some people love the journey. So some people like to do a road trip and some people like to fly, right? Who are the people you love the road trip? You're going to drive. You got the road trip, okay? Okay, okay. Who are my people who just get me there? I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. Okay. Good deal. Okay. That's good. You've had a nice dinner. But you need a little something, something a little sweet at the end. So you go to Ingram Farms down in Northport, and you go for some ice cream. 
You walk into Ingram Farms, and you're like, hey, I want some, I want some cookies and cream ice cream. Do you get it in a bowl, or do you get it in a cup? I'm sorry, you get it in a bowl, or do you get it in a cone? All right? I'm a waffle cone kind of guy. That's, you got a cone or, or a bowl, okay? So people are like, put it in a bowl. I'd rather have a bowl, okay? Okay. More than that. Who are, my, who are my, my cone people? Okay. Yes. All right. So, okay. Last one. Last one for today. Tonight, neighborhoods are going to be filled with trick-or-treaters, right? You may go with grandkids. You may go with your kids. You may just dress up yourself and go out. No judgment, Right? Some people prefer to hand out candy, and some people prefer to go trick-or-treating. For whatever reason, no judgment, right? Who likes to hand out the candy? Where am I hand out candy? Okay. Who here, but you like, who likes to go out and do the trick-or-treating itself? Okay? Okay, good. This or that. We make decisions all the time. We can't be on the fence. We got to go. But I want to get going with our next this or that this week. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Faithfulness. This is where we land today. We've done all the others. We're landing on faithfulness today. The Holy Spirit wants to create, produce a faithfulness in you that was never there before. Now, as Paul writes this to the Galatians, we have to ask the question, what does he mean by this? What does he mean by faithless? How is faithfulness supposed to be lived out? And so my job as your pastor is to look and go, okay, how do we look at faithfulness in a way that it can be applied to our lives? And I began to think about a famous quote that many people say. And the quote goes, goes like this. Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. You heard that one before. Well done, good and faithful servant. I think we know this. We, we, we quote this. We try to live this. But my question for you today is, do we know where this quote, this sentence connects in Scripture? Do we know where this comes from? Matthew 25 is a series of parables from Jesus. And right in the middle of this series of parables, he speaks those words. Matthew 25, verse 14. Listen to this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrust me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come now and share in your master's happiness. Now the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. 
I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathered where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back in interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they'll have in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they will have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, this is the context of the phrase, the sentence you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You heard of this parable before? You've read this one before? If you haven't, this is a typical parable. This is a typical way of Jesus teaching so people will know what life is about and what is coming. So you gotta picture this. Jesus is speaking to a crowd in this moment and speaking to some people who believe. They're on board. But then there's a bunch of people who they're not on board with who Jesus is. And what we have is this parable is bookended. It has framework. It has boundaries. It has margins. And what those margins are is the master says, I am leaving, but I'm coming back. The framework for this story is the master is here, but he's leaving, but he will be coming back. And what we need to know about this is this would not have been uncommon. Think about it. A wealthy owner wants to go on vacation, wants to go on a journey. But he has servants there. And so the expectation is, is when I go on vacation, when I go on my journey, you're going to do what you're supposed to do while I'm gone. And when I come back, something is produced. The second part of the story we've got to know is that Jesus is trying to put himself in this, this seat about being the master. Jesus is trying to get them to see that he is there, but he won't be there always. He will be leaving. He's not always going to be in their presence. He is leaving, but also know that he is coming back. And so we've got a framework that the people would understand from their life. Now what happens is we've got to figure out all the middle stuff. If we've got the framework of the two things. we got to figure out the stuff in the middle. And so what the owner is doing is doing something really low-key important right now. Because he's doing something really, I think, trusting. He is leaving, but he's giving his servants everything that is valuable to him. He's putting his most valuable things in the hands of these people that are his servants. And what this story does is Jesus is telling it, he's putting the listener on notice. He's putting the listener in the place that this would be real life. But he's also talking to us. And so my, question, my first question for you this morning is, have you ever had the thought that God has left what is most valuable to him under your care. 
Have you ever thought about Jesus has left and he's left the most valuable things in, that matters to him under your care? The world, people, the mission, the future. This is under our care. Now think about this. God's created the world. Everything in this world. And then he sends Jesus. And in Jesus' coming, there's a people and world-changing movement. But there is Jesus telling his people, he's telling us, he's leaving. He's not always going to be there, but I'm leaving everything with you. This is the story. You have to put yourself in the seat of the people who are listening to this the first time. Jesus is in front of them. He's like, I'm not always going to be here. I'm going to be gone, but I'm going to leave everything with you. And so have you ever thought of yourself as being the person that God has left his most valuable things under your care. See, this parable, like most parables, is not hard. It's not confusing. Jesus was here, but he left, and he's coming back. Jesus was here, He's left. He's left everything under his, our, our care, but he's coming back. And if we take this story, this moment as truth, it's going to push us to ask a couple very important questions about life. And the questions are this. How faithful are we to the mission that Jesus left with us? How faithful are we to the mission that Jesus has left us with? And secondly, how faithful are we to the resources that he's given us to accomplish the mission? Jesus is pushing these people in Matthew 25, but he's pushing us just as hard. And sometimes in the busyness of life, we forget there's accountability to all of this. Sometimes we get going in life and we forget that there's accountability to all of this. Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm coming back, and you will be held accountable for how you lived. This parable is simple, but it's also like earth. Uh, life kind of grabbing it kind of if you take it for what it is it's like oh okay see what we need to see is that God has an objective and a plan for this world and he is given what he cares most about to us and he's given what we need to accomplish what he needs to be accomplished and so with that being understood, we have to understand this. There is an expectation on our lives to produce. Now, when I say that word, it can feel really heavy, like, man, like I gotta, when I think of faithfulness, I just think about being like a good person. I think about having good integrity. I think about, like, just not doing wrong. I'm faithful to being a follower. Part of being a faithful follower of Jesus is producing the life that he's called us to produce. But here's the good news and what this story tells us 
is that God only expects us to produce based on uh, the gifting and resourcing that he has given you specifically. See, what we can't miss in this story is he gave each servant a different amount of gold. He didn't give everybody the same. So there can be no comparison amongst the servants. There's no looking around and saying, you're better because you produce this. You're better because you produce this. You're better because this is how, what your life looks like and what you're doing. There's no place for that in the story of God and his people. There's no ability to be in comparison with each other because God gives as he gives to each person. We're only responsible to produce through what he has given us. So we've got the man with the five bags, so he produced five. Two with two. They both received the same words of God. It wasn't like, well, five bags is better than two. That's not how the story goes, and we can't let that be missed. That we are going to be held accountable for how we live life, but it's only based on what you've been given by God to accomplish the task. That there's an expectation to be part of the building the kingdom of God on earth, but it's based on what God has given you, not anything on yourself per se, and it's not going to be in comparison with anybody else. So here's the challenge I have for today. Are you being faithful in accomplishing the mission that God has given you? Are you being faithful with the mission that God has given you? And secondly, are you being faithful in using what God has given you to accomplish the mission? And I want to capitalize the you right there. I want to be big. Are you being faithful with God is, what God has given you? Do not look around. Do not be comparing. Don't say other people are better than other people. It's you. God has a specific design for your life. So I love these child dedications. Each child up here is so special. Asher was special this morning. Avery was special this morning. But there is no comparing of like who's going to produce more in life. They're both creating the image of God, and whatever God's design and plan for their life is, that's what they're responsible for. Not comparing each other, comparing their life to what God has called them to. So the question is, are we being faithful? Are we being faithful in things like our giftedness? Are we being faithful through our influence? Are we being faithful through our money? Are you being faithful through your time? Are you being faithful in your career, your family, your hobbies, your friendships? Are you being faithful with the things that God has resourced you with? Because this is what's really important. In the story of the parable, he's leaving, but he's giving what you need to accomplish what's expected. Jesus says, I'm leaving, but there's still a task to be done, and I'm giving you what is valuable to use. And so God has given you giftedness. Are you using your giftedness to accomplish the mission that God has called each of his followers to? You don't think you're gifted. I think that is a slap in God's face. 
that he didn't know how to create you exactly how he wanted to create you. I don't think there should be, personally, I don't think there should be insecurity in the life of a follower of Jesus because you are exactly who God created you to be if you're trying to follow him completely with yourself. And yes, there are people with more giftings than you. Okay. You're not responsible for their life. You're responsible for your life. So you being faithful with your giftedness. Are you being faithful with your influence? Everyone has influence. I don't care how old or young you are. I don't care how big of a group you are. You don't have to have a stage. You don't have to have a large following. You don't have to have an important job in this world's standards. You have influence, though. And how are you using your influence to continue the mission that God has called us to? He is left, but he's coming back, and we will be held accountable. How are you using your money? God has given, resourced, blessed you with. How are you using it? Are you part of a mission bigger than your own life? Do you use your finances to do something bigger than just you? I promise you, like, these are things that Jesus says in his parable. I'm, I don't have to say this. I just have to use the text that he gives as he's left and he's given us things and he's coming back and he's going to ask, what did you do with what I gave you? So you're your giftedness, your influence, your money, your career, your family, your hobbies, your friendships, you fill in the blank, whatever your things are, are you using, are you faithful to the reason that God has given you these things? It was in the 1960s that Billy Graham was given a proposition by some wealthy Christian leaders. They said, Billy, we want you to consider running for president, and we'll make it worth your while. In this moment, as I read it, as I hear about the story, Billy Graham had a this, a this or that question that would change his life. And from what I understand is he came back to these men and said, listen, I know my calling in life, and that calling doesn't include running for president. And I, when I first heard that story, I was just like, that's so cool that he had a temptation in his life to run after something that on the surface, on this planet, this in our culture, was bigger than what he was even doing, even though he was doing big things. But he said no. He was faithful and committed to what God had called him for his specific life. Back to my story from the beginning. The skywalk was built for a purpose. There was a specific design and reason that they built it the way they did. And up to this point, including my visit this summer, the Skywalk has been faithful to give people the views of the Grand Canyon where they could just adore, hopefully, what God has created. It's working as it was supposed to work. Now we go to our life and we say, God designed life to be lived in a certain way. The question is, are we being faithful with the design of our lives? Would the words, well done, good and faithful servant, be said about our lives the day that Jesus returns to this earth 
or our life on this earth ends. Paul says the Holy Spirit wants to produce faithful in us. And the simple question is, how is that going? How is that going? Today we're going to take communion. I want to take communion on this Sunday because I want to attach it to this message. I don't want the, this message to be two separate things, Scott's message and then communion. I want us to find some synergy in this messaging. Because Jesus was sent on a mission when he came here. Jesus' job was be, to be faithful to the mission that God gave him, the Father gave him. And do you know what that mission was? You. That mission was me. That mission was to seek and to save the lost. That mission was to show us how life can be lived in a faithful way. That mission was to give his life so that we could have life. This was the mission. And today we can celebrate communion because Jesus fulfilled his mission on earth. He was faithful to the mission that God gave him. Jesus set the example of how to live life. Now our job is, are we going to be faithful in following his example? But see, I want us to take a step back for a second. There's a secondary verse, portion of scripture beyond Galatians 5 that I've talked about this series, and that's John 15. And the reason I've been going John 15, because the words in this, Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to produce something in life, you have to remain in me. And I'll tell you this this morning, to live a life that's faithful to the calling that Jesus has in your life cannot be done in your own strength. This is tough. Because we're constantly being pulled away from what God has for us. And this is why we need to remain in him. This is why prayer, why worship, I think why being here together, why that we need to be in groups, why we need to have relationships that are strong, because, because God is using all of these things, including the power of the Holy Spirit, to speak into us so that faithfulness can be produced. Because I think God wants to look at us at the end of our life and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done what I've called you to do just like Jesus did. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.